Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hash It Out Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording this week's episode. Before we get into it, I would like to say happy International Women's Day to all the women that made a positive impact in our lives. We say a big thank you. And because of that, today we're going to be discussing the gender pay gap and the many factors that contribute to it, including race, ethnicity, age, disabilities, and more. My name is Mo, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Meha. How are you doing today, Meha? It's been a very stressful week. I had like five midterms, and I have oh, wow. a very important presentation tomorrow morning. But oddly, before, like today, I just took some break because I got done with all of my midterms. And I watched the great British baking show on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I, I just... I don't know, it cured my anxiety so much. And sometimes like I go to YouTube and I watch these Korean bakery making and it just, it gives me peace. Mm. But I've missed you. How have you been? I'm okay. okay. Thankfully, I'm okay now. You know, I'm doing great. You know, back in the grind, back in this episode back with the podcast. Um, but yeah, I've only had one midterm, thankfully. Um, I don't know how you're doing it, but I guess, you know, International Women's Day, you're strong and resilient, pushing through. Uh, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but okay, one midterm. So now you're, what are your plans for spring break then? I don't have any plans. I'm just working all spring break long. Uh, do you get some sleep? Yes, definitely. Sleep is definitely up there. You know, sleep, then work, then food, then sleep again. But no plans, nothing exciting that I'm looking forward to this spring break. What okay. about you? For me, I am planning to take a break. I'm planning to have to go away for some mm-hmm. reason. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go away from India for a you, bit. You deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Without uh, much further to say, let's just dive right into the episode. So for today, we'll, we'll be talking, like Mo said, about gender pay gap and the many factors that contribute to it. So what is gender pay gap to begin with? So essentially, gender pay gap is the difference in average earnings between men and women in the workforce. Now, I do understand that there are a lot of genders perceived across um, the board and gender mm-hmm. spectrum. But today, we will be particularly focusing on men and women. So the gender pay gap, essentially the one that we'll be talking right now, it is typically expressed as a percentage of a, men, uh, of a man's earning. So how does this work? So some of the statistics that I have is that in many countries, women earn less than men on average. And the gap is caused by a variety of factors, including discrimination, differences in education and experience, and differences in the types of jobs that men and women choose or they have to choose. So here are, here are some of the statistics, and this is according to like the National Women's Law Center. So in United States... A woman earn about 82 cents of every dollar earned by men. And this is according to the U.S. Census Bureau's. And this gap is even wider for women of color. So black women earn about 63% for every dollar earned by a white non-Hispanic man. And Hispanic women earn about 55% for every dollar earned by white non-Hispanic men. So essentially half of what actually men earn. Then in the United Kingdom, women earn about 15.5% less than the men on average. And according, this is according to the data from the Office of National Statistics. And the gap is even wider for older women, where women over 40 earn 27% less than the men. 
In Canada, women earn about 87 cents for every dollar earned by a man. And this is according to the data data from the Statistics Canada. And the gap is even wider for indigenous women where who earn about 76 cents for every dollar earned by a non-indigenous man. And for women with disabilities, they earn about 75% for every dollar earned by a man with disabilities. So it's important to note that like statistics on average and individual experiences can vary widely. However, like when you look at just the stats, where I said a lot of stats within the last one minute, but they give you like a general picture of the gender pay gap in different countries, where in Canada, you might see like a better uh, representation where it's like 87 cents and 75 cents. But you look at the United States as well as the United Kingdom, where women are literally earning about half of what men or their male counterparts are earning. That's that's honestly wild. I honestly wish I read something about that because I didn't. I mostly focused on, you know, the United States mm-hmm. and just seeing the difference in the comparison of how it's, you know, it might be 83 cents, it might be 63 cents. It's crazy. And I think about it like if it's like 80 cents or 83 cents that compared to a man's uh, what a man gets paid, uh, that's in a year, let's say a man gets paid 150 one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year, you know, as a salary, mm-hmm. and the woman is getting paid one hundred and twenty twenty thousand. That's a significant difference. Yes, it doesn't sound like a lot, but like that's thirty thousand difference, you know. And it's like you could do a lot with thirty thousand. You could pay your student loans. You could get a car, and it's just why? Why do you think this gender pay gap is? You know, it's been going on for a long time now, you mm-hmm. know, basically since, you know, we've been born. Yeah. And why why do you think it just keeps increasing and not decreasing, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that makes. Yeah, I think it's also like impo- when I was checking at the gender pay gap and we, when we're talking about like the contributions to that, I was also looking at like the countries where they have low gender pay gap versus the countries that have like really high gender mm-hmm. pay gap yeah. and some of the low ones were like Norwegian most of them where one of them was like Iceland where they really have one of the lowest gender pay gaps in the world where women are earning about 85% 85 cents of every dollar earned by a man and when I was looking at what they do better compared to other countries is that they have compulsory like this is the federal compulsory they have equal pay audits then they have generous parental leave and they also have very flexible work arrangements which is I think it's very important for like single mothers or like mothers with their children and so on and I think Sweden is another one where they have um, they have a good amount of like low gender pay gap with women earning 91 cents for every dollar earned by a man that's like the closest I could find for a country and Sweden has implemented policies such as like gender quotas on corporate boards um, and a strong welfare state that supports work-life balance so the gender quotas, it's not just for the uh, public sector or for the federal sector, but mm-hmm. it's also compulsory for the private sector where the corporate boards need to have an equal ge- uh, gender representation on their boards, which I think it's amazing because we need more women in leadership. And with these quotas, you are getting a place where women don't have to fight for a seat at the table. Like they, you know, they are judged on their merit versus the, dealing with the politics of the aspect of what gender they have. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in addition to that, I've read and seen a lot of like disparities regarding like education and how much education a woman has and how that impacts what she gets paid. However, I read in a lot of articles that no matter how much education has, no matter if she has a master's degree or like, a, you know, bachelor's degree, the wage gap 
remains. Like it doesn't decrease, it doesn't increase. It's it just as it's a directly proportional relationship almost. As you, the more education you have, the more the wage gap is. You know, and it's just that's just one factor that contributes to the wage the, to the gender wage gap, and it's. It's crazy because, you know, I'm in school thinking, you know, I'm going to graduate and, you know, maybe get a master's degree or something and try to make good money. But then I have to realize that the wage gap, the gender wage gap is going to affect me in the future. It's going to affect me in the long run. Like, no matter what I do, hopefully there's a change, you know. I don't know if there's going to be a change. But no matter what I do, I'm still going to be getting paid significantly less than, you know, my male pair worker you know and that's 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 affecting me some type of way Mm -hmm. yeah no that's where uh, the part of culture comes into play you know because i was reading um countries with like high gender pay gaps and south korea and india were one of them and i learned that in south korea it's like women earn 63 cents for every dollar earned by a man so yeah, not a good uh, gap. 63 cents is crazy. Yeah, and this gap is partially due to like cultural factors that basically prioritize a man's career and discourage women from working outside the home. Now, that's the thing, like this, you know, everyone's individual experiences can vary and mm-hmm. this is probably not uh, true for some of the South Koreans, but like even the one that I found on India was there is partial discrimination against women in workforce and a lack of lack of access to education and job opportunities. And that's why like a few years ago, the government literally started like we have to build schools for girls, we have to build sanitation facilities, because one of the things like um, I was reading about Sudha Murthy, she was she's essentially like an Indian author. And she was also one of the helpers to find co-found Infosys. And she was like the first engineering first woman in like the engineering college that she attended and they did not have bathrooms for like women whatsoever so they either so her like her principal gave like her choice or her parents a choice that either like she you know because uh, they can't build like a separate sanitation for her mm-hmm. so either like she gives gives up this thing or just has to like deal with whatever the situation is mm-hmm. and she literally said at that time I, I would like I would prefer to keep on going because engineering was like my passion I didn't want to give up just because of that so they gave her an alternative where she could use like the teachers or the professors uh, bathroom or sanitation facility but these things you know like these things affect in very like because they are like the building blocks of getting Definitely. up to or having a career and the fact that women don't have the right to sanitation in some of the colleges or universities like these are some basic necessities that can affect a woman's career or woman's education so even if like when we talk about oh giving access or giving uh, girls more access to education there are so many other factors that involve the education transportation how are they getting to the school you know like um, some of because I know some of the like parents can be conservative where they want their girls only go to only girls school. So like how are they dropping off? Are they trusting like using the bus? Are, are they able to afford like afford the transportation? So there are like so many minor details that go into for even women to have an education. So when aspect of oh education is one of them, it's such like a broad aspect because there are so many other in like factors that come into it, like economical, cultural, financial factors that come into for women to afford an education itself and have a good education for that matter without any obstacles that affect whereas for some of them like I'm not saying men don't face any issues in the world I'm sure they do but it's yeah it's it's I feel like it's never you know 
like I have talked to some of my guy friends and they don't have to worry about any of this like having a mid class or like you know when you go on your PT class or your physical activity class like you have to worry so much on like the, your movements like mm-hmm. they don't have to, they can just you behave know. anyhow they want to you know so it's it's like those of those minor things later on play on a huge role when you go on bigger trajectories in your life that definitely affects you know like your career moving forward just thinking about having to choose between you know my education or me trying to achieve you know the education i want like like you said she wasn't she was passionate about engineering and having to choose between that and using you know basic stuff that we everyone should have equal you know right to it's it's crazy it's crazy to think about and just education as like i said is one factor that contributes to that wage gap and race and ethnicity also does like i i read in an article that over the course of a 40-year career, black women lose an estimated of $964,000 to the wow. wage gap. Yes. Native Americans lose $986,240. Hispanic women loses $1,163,920. And Asian American or Pacific Islander loses $400,000. That is huge. Like, yeah. my brain can't begin to comprehend how, you know, how much money that is. And it's just thinking, you know, this is why it's so hard, I believe, for women to women of color to build savings and achieve econo- economic and financial stability. If they're going to be losing this much amount of money, a million dollars, $964,000, $400,000, that's a lot. Like, what do you as expect someone's you know it's just you know it might not be a lot where you know as you know you get paid monthly or you know it's it doesn't seem like a lot but at the end of the year when you calculate all that money it's it's huge my brain i can't like yeah. nine, 100 one million dollars yeah no that is true i think it's also like it it's reflective of some of like the key factors you know because i was looking at yeah we discussed like education and race ethnicity but there's also like occupational segregation you know like if you look at some of the majors even at universities it's like oh these majors have like a lot of men men or women oh in yeah it, predominantly you know? yes. yeah so there are like these stereotypes there's yes. like there these biases that are already created in college before even before they get into, enter yeah. the idea of creating their own careers and like women and men often are concentrated in like different jobs so it's like i was looking at the statistics where women are more likely to work in like this website literally had uh, stats in terms of where uh, high paying and low paying considers but i somewhat disagreed with it i think it's like i feel like it's the negotiation aspect of it and it's just like inherently these institutions have this bias where they always pay women low you know yes. like uh, women are more likely to work like i was looking at basically female dominated professions i was looking at these things on like how gender is dominated within professions and women is like healthcare and education while men go for like quote and quote higher paying so professions such as finance and engineering and discrimination obviously one of the biggest things where including bias in hiring promotion and pay decisions and this can be you know overt or subtle uh, and can include things like assumptions about women's competence her motherhood penalties or her gender expectations about work and leadership you know oddly for one of the networking panels i had for like my ra role of a woman in science 
I literally had a professor who went like, I had to plan like when I'm going to have my kids. So she was like, I had my first child before uh, like my PhD got basically after as soon as my PhD got finished. And then I had my second child before I got my tenure. And like the fact, like the wow. planning that had to go and like they have to do this, you know, because having a kid. A yeah, because it like affects your career in many ways because and it's. It's somehow in the end of the day, I feel like it's the systems issue, you know, that they have made us as women think about these things where you have to plan out all of that. Even some of the like, um, I like I got some internship offers and I got a job offer as well. And in like the forms that they send you to like confirm your offer, you know, they ask you like, are you like basically are you single, married or with a child and all that stuff. And like there's a reason why they put their question over there. You know, there's a reason why they ask you that. So it's like I get it. The company wants to know, you know, like if you have a kid, so your time might be like. But at the same time, you see a segregation right there, you know. So basically, we haven't made a workplace that's comfortable for women to, you know, successfully have a kid and at the same time work. Like there's lack of like work-life balance arrangements within uh, companies and um, the aspect of like negotiation barriers, you know, like women face barriers to negotiate for their higher pay or for better benefits. And due to factors of like whether it's gender stereotypes or whether it's the fear of backlash for assertiveness, you know, like um, I remember I was I was watching this interview by one of like the music artists and she said like the way the media reports on her male artist, like male counterpart versus her is like so different. Like men are strategic, whereas women are calculating. Mm. And like the words that they use and these stereotypes that are created where if oh, like the, I've been in so many positions where I've reacted the same way as like my male counterpart has. And I have been called aggressive or cold or I've been called, oh, you could have just like, you know, been so like I'm automatically expected to be nicer and sweeter mm-hmm. because of my gender. And I'm like, no, I literally reacted the same way. So even in my emails, like even when it's not my fault, like I try to be like extra sweet. And I'm like, why am I doing why like, do you he have is to not, exactly. he's not doing any of it. But yeah. when I try to act like him, it's suddenly like, oh, you know, she's acting different. Mm-hmm. And maybe partially it's also my fault because I've created this persona and now I'm giving them something different. But it's like, in my mind, like I felt when I entered it, like I'm forced to be nicer than this other person. And yeah, we're not treated, we're not reacted equally, mm. even when, so the aspect of we'll be treated equally is something that like always keeps puzzling me. Yeah, I feel like people are so quick to like to say that a woman is acting so aggressively when she's saying something that, you know, just trying to pass a message across, basically. And they're so quick to say, oh, why are you being so aggressive? But if I'm talking exactly how you're talking... How am I being aggressive? So are we both being aggressive then? You know, like I'm just I'm just being I'm just saying something. But you're, you know, and that and that's just it's it's very crazy. And I think women like take on like additional responsibilities outside of work compared to like men. Yes. You know, after work you go home, you have to take care of the kids, you have to do all that stuff. So increasing that work life balance might close that gender wave gap a little bit, but definitely it's it improves it you know i would say you know men don't have to worry about taking care of the kids or picking the kids up from school all they have to worry about is going to go play golf with their friends or and you're you're getting paid more than me we have the same qualifications we have the same responsibilities but yet you know i get paid significantly less than you even though i have more things to do outside of work than you do but 
Yeah, and to follow up on that, I also think like to again remember that everyone's individual experiences can vary. But from my personal experience, like during my internship, like I was forcing myself to do extra apart from like the project I had. I was like organizing an event for everybody. Like I was trying to like there were other different things I was trying to do. But whereas I looked at my male counterparts, like they did not care about any of that. Like they were simply, you know, like they were and probably it's just people focusing on the things that they find important but i felt the need to be like oh i have to be i have to do these other things in order to like stand out whereas i've noticed like men like some of the male uh, counterparts i had during that time like did not feel any of that like they were so relaxed and they were so mm-hmm. chill and it's yeah so again individual experiences probably it's me just getting stressed but i've seen this theme very common where i saw in like the workplace that i was at where women were and this is like a big corporate company where women were doing a lot more involved in a lot more than men were at the company where they were just not doing the like it wasn't just about their job or the project or whatever task that they had on hand but it was also about oh you know like obviously they want to um, contribute to their passion of helping other women so they had like these societies where they organized like these networking events but whereas like i did not see many men do any of it you know so i think like it's also the aspect of where we are always made to believe that we have to do extra in order to be kept we have to do extra in order to be a stand out we have to do extra so i think it's also like like whether it's cultural or whether it's the aspect but in the family that i grew up in i was always pressured to like do more than what's required of me and it's and i've seen this across a lot of my friends a lot of and i've never seen them like i've seen it in indian families but i've never seen it in the son i've seen it in the daughter far more so it's probably like the upbringing and the cultural belief systems that come with it but yeah i completely agree with like the fact that we have to do much more in order to deserve what men don't have to do like for normal you know what's normal mm-hmm. for men is like we have to do more 10 times more to get to that or get a ch- even respect of that level Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and like you said, it's probably like the culture because I'm Nigerian as well. And I definitely relate to you. You know, the, like in my Nigerian, my family, my sister, she's the firstborn child, and you know, she's a woman, so she's required to do a lot more compared to my friends who are firstborn, like males. And it's like I see what my sister has to do, and it's just there's so much pressure for her to, you know, maintain this sort of. authority figure but cuz she's a female so she has to work twice as hard to you know for people to gain her respect or for her to do something for people to think she's capable of while you no know, like a a firstborn male child in the Nigerian as as a Nigerian doesn't do as much if that makes sense you know yeah. like i it's just you're just chill just laid back and you don't have that much responsibilities they just automatically think oh you're you're just a leader you you're a leader figure or something like you yeah. know you're you have power you're a third you have authority and but it's so different for females and it's just it's it's weird and if it's if it's like that from family like in a family household that's why maybe it's also like that in a work setting or like yeah, school setting because you know? in the end of the day we're talking about a society over here exactly know? so what we face in our families eventually make us who we are and if every other family in the country is like that then that's how the society is going to 
turn out. So like we spoke about the factors contributing to it, but I also wanted to, I know we had a good amount of suggestion on how to improve or some strategies to reduce the gender pay gap. And these are also some of the things that I've picked up from the countries that do exceptionally great job at the dealing with gender pay gap, but implementing equal pay policies where employers have can take steps to ensure that men and women are paid equally for doing the same job by conducting regular pay audits, analyzing pay structures for bias and establishing transparent pay policies. And it's also important to discuss the promotion of diversity and inclusion, not just like as a statement on the website, but also very much in the work ethic of every employer and um, the workplace itself. So creating a work culture that values diversity and inclusion can help reduce bias and discrimination in hiring, promotion and pay discussion. I think last time we discussed the aspect of like people taking implicit bias tests to know what their biases are. I think that can be exceptionally helpful for like recruiters, you know, because these are essentially the people who are bringing in um, the employees or potential employees are getting them interviewed for them so I think like having that because I uh, there was a mishap with like Amazon where they were using this resume AI analyzer mm-hmm. and since the AI bot was built up so all these AI bots are built on certain data they are trained on a certain data and the data that they had was for the last 10 years where about 85, 89% of the resumes that the AI bot was trained on was uh, male. So like they were trained on male resumes. So basically when they were using that same bot to analyze like their few, like their right now, the resumes and so on, the AI bot was automatically eliminating any resumes that had women in it, oh, wow. you know, because the w- those words were not in the data set that they were trained in. So when they analyzed those words against that word, they realized, oh, the woman is not in any of the resumes in this one. So hence it's weaker, you know, because it recognized the data that was trained in a stronger. So these words, like wherever th- those trained uh, words matched with whatever resume they were analyzing at the time, that like helped. So basically a lot of men were getting hired and any woman that had like, for example, for me, like I work at like Women in Science House. So any positions that involve like helping. um, So there are these certain words that they were analyzing. And once Amazon realized, oh, there's a bias in like their resume AI, now they've completely like banned use of it. But like this exists, you know, and this wasn't until later on. So they used it for a good, I think they used it for like about two to three years. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until when they recognized, oh, there's a bias in their software, in the AI that they're using, that they decided to eliminate it. But it's stuff like this where you really have to think about the aspect of, oh, we're implementing diversity and inclusion, but we really have to check the policies, the softwares that we're using to help or hire people because recruitment is very a big thing when you are basically getting employees in the company you know and yeah that that was one of the things that like stood out to me the most honestly that's honestly crazy like that imagine so like you know so what happened to the females who like applied for the job they got rejected they because just, the resume automatically considered it as weak 
because wow. yeah because the way these resumes work is like they analyze the document mm-hmm. and when they rec- like let's say um somebody has job description of data analysis so you have analyzing data so that's a strong word like analyzing data for them so they have these strong words that they match against the resume and the, the, wherever they don't see these strong words they, just... they eliminate that resume so like that they basically there was a huge it was a huge case like do you know how long ago that was or like because uh, i don't i a minute don't want to say that it's recent i don't think it's recent that has to be it was happened. in 2018 so basically amazon scraps secret ai recruiting tool that showed bias against women and uh it was basically their new recruiting engine yeah uh it was a lot of issues so the team had building computer programs since 2014 to review job applicant resumes with the aim of like basically making it faster for people to find uh, top talent and one of the things it did was that essentially the new system was not rating candidates um, in like a gender neutral way so it was all dominated by men so about f- like for example 60% male and 40% female that was and the employing technical roles at apple facebook and google so at apple it was 77% and then 23% and um essentially amazon like the system taught itself that the male candidates were more preferable so it uh, it basically removed the resumes that included word as women's as in like women's chess club captain and it downgraded graduates of uh, two all women colleges so according to the people familiar with this matter they like did not specify the names of the school but essentially that there was no guarantee that the machine would not devise other ways of sorting candidates so they were sorting candidates between like strong and weak and whichever wherever like the candidates had women or women's any of that Involved. like they basically mm-hmm. eliminated or uh, recognized those as like weaker and hence eliminated those that's that's wild yeah they removed it in like 20 uh, yeah but about 55% of like the US HR managers were basically using that uh, sort of they they are saying that they're going to use AI f- as a regular part of their work for the next like five years but we also want to make sure that none of this AI has like a bias like how the Amazon one did so but Amazon's whole this thing was that their tool was never used by the recruiters to evaluate the candidates. Then I'm like, what's the point of using the tool then? Because in the end of the day, their whole argument was, oh, we are sorting them. We're not evaluating them. But like you're sorting them so you could find a top talent within. And if your top talent has a bias against women, then like what's the point you know so I, I yeah but yeah but they sort of and also the aspect of masculine language they had like male engineers uh, has had resumes had like executed or captured so when they they had these kinds of verbs on their resume mm-hmm. like they were more likely to be promoted like by the ai system so it was yeah so gender bias was like perhaps like not the issue but not the only issue in that whole thing the problems with like data it underpinned like models judgment meant that unqualified candidates were often recommended for all manners of jobs so even if so with the technology returning results almost at random amazon decided to sort of shut down the project but i think they used it for like at least two to three years because they developed in like 2014 and they sort of essentially banned it in 2018. Yeah, that's a long time. But hope we're thankful that that's crept off now. You know, that's not a way to judge how who should be hired to a company by, you know, 
being a woman like i can do the same thing you can yeah <laughs> yeah i think it, it's not the i mean the ai did what it's supposed to do it was trained on a data that was male dominated or mm-hmm. like masculine language so i think us as humans also need to um question our choice of software and how much we want to rely on these things you know because i don't know if they did like fairness testing against this you know like to make sure that the software doesn't have any bias because if they would have done that testing they would have known <laughs> but you know there's there's that but yeah like providing sort of that aspect of diversity inclusion understanding mm-hmm. um i think it's so much important especially mentorship programs are very helpful for all of these things too Yeah, and add into that, you know, like ways the we think this gender wage gap could be closed. You mentioned something about pay transparency, and I definitely agree because I remember reading according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, adopting transparent pay practices can help to narrow that gender wage gap up to 30%. That's a lot. That's huge. And if employers can just promote an honest and open you know discussion among workers compensation and pay transparency can be improved if it's not so cuz i remember when i was working at subway and i know it's just subway but i used to ask my i didn't ask specifically but they would ask me oh how much are you getting paid and i would say it and then i would be like oh how much are you getting paid but they didn't want to you know say i'm like okay that's weird so i feel like if employer employers could you know just promote this open discussion among like you know workers the pay transparency can be improved cuz then we can say oh this is how i feel this is what you know and it's not going to be hostile if if that if that makes sense and i also think increasing minimum wage would definitely change that wage gap cuz why did i find out that the minimum wage here in indiana is $7.25 yeah $7.25 like is that even up to 3 gallons of gas at the gas station or can that get you eggs at the grocery store like that needs to increase that we can't keep we no one can leave off $7.25 like inflation is increased you know we got inflation rent is increasing you know the eggs in the grocery stores are increasing we have to minimum wage needs to be increased like can we make a petition for minimum wage to be minimum wage to be increased please yeah yeah i know i agree i think something also along the lines was like um I read about like caregiving penalty. Do, do you know what that is? No. Like so basically the accept of caregiving uh, penalty is um, essentially particularly those of traditional like the traditional like when there are gender roles in a traditional society there's a greater burden on women to provide caregiving for the children. So there are few uh, countries where caregiving penalties particularly pronounced or uh, used so in the united states women are more likely uh, than men to take off time uh, off work to care for their children or family members which can result in loss of wages and reduced career opportunities so basically they penalize women for taking time off to take care of their kids and the family members and according to the data from the national women's law center women uh, who take just one year off from work to take care for a child can lose up to 4% of their lifetime earnings like 4%. Yeah. And uh Japan has one of the lowest rates of female work particip- workforce participation in the developed world due to lack of like affordable childcare and flexible work arrangements. So women who do work in Japan often face discrimination bias due to the assumptions about their caregiving personalities which can limit their career opportunities as well as earning potential. So when we talk about this it's also important to provide like a 
good work life balance support you know like paid pa- parental leave and other forms of work life balance can help like reduce the pay giving penalty that women often face in workplace and it's also like encouraging women leadership and career advancement i think providing women the opportunities for leadership and career advancement can help increase their representation in higher paying jobs and reduce this uh, gender pay gap because this can include things like you know mentoring sponsorship programs whether it's leadership development initiatives and gender diversity targets like um, getting people involved in unconscious bias training anti discrimination policies and robust like complaint investigation process can also help so i think the aspect where like somebody is getting charged for taking care and in usa like if a woman takes off one year she might she can lose up to 4% of her lifetime earning it's just ridiculous because i was reading about also about italy where um women in italy essentially when they often take med- they take often take like majority of the caregiving responsibilities and women in italy often face like a significant gender pay gap where earning on average 7.0% less than the men and when we talk about like big numbers like this this makes a huge impact like yeah because Definitely. because there's also a danger of like if she if she is taking parental leave like you know is there a chance that when she returns back she will still have a job you know i was just going to say that cuz i think i remember seeing it in one i think a tiktok video or something where the girl the lady took off um leave for maternity leave and then when she came back her job wasn't there anymore so she was looking for a job and like a lot of the interviews that she went to um no one wanted to like accept her no one wanted to hire her cuz they're like oh what were you doing for so 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 here like what were you doing like you know you took off from a year what did you do during that time mm-hmm. i was she was taking care of her child yeah. she was taking care of the baby so it's just crazy to think that you know even after taking maternity leave no matter if you've been long if you've been at the company for long there might there is that you know question that will i have my job when i come back yeah. and it's i don't think it's fair for a woman to have to deal with that question or deal with that you know it's not fair period yeah i i think i understand understand the aspect of like oh the project is on hold and the work is not getting done because i think some of these companies like obviously they are hiring people they care about work far more than probably they care about the person but it's also important to have an alternative you know like if you are like hiring somebody else in that position it's important to let that person know and have an alternative for them because like they worked for you for a good amount of time they dedicated their time and life and their skills to this company and i feel like there needs to be empathy in the way these things are being seen Definitely. you know like it can't be like cutthroat everything you know because we're talking about like uh, somebody having a child we're talking about people over here like in the end of the day yes work is work but a company is made by people you know like if you take out the people like the, there's no company you know so I, i just think like having empathy in the aspect of understanding that number 1 is that we are not like when we are born we don't have the same equity and we don't have the same equality you know even though how much we want to thrive for it like we are not born with the same resources we all have cultural belief or barriers between us and it's important to understand that and having i feel like having empathetic and open mindset when dealing with these things is so so much important and instead of putting barriers and instead of like i don't know challenging someone's life just because they had a child just seems so absurd to me 
but yeah that's one of the things and you know we just talk about like the financial burden that comes with the aspect of taking a leave but mental burden that comes with the aspect of that because i'm sure having a child like i became an aunt recently and i went mm-hmm. to see my brother and his wife and god after watching that i don't feel like that, because that child was just like my niece is just she's crying like all the time and i i don't know how much of sanity cuz they barely get any like she barely gets any of the sleep and it's just it's that aspect i'm like how like how does so the mental burden that comes with, with that having, mm-hmm. like i'm sure it's not a burden for her but there's some there is a mental exhaustion that comes with like taking care of a child definitely so it, like understanding that you know like yes it's a job that she's also losing but at the same time like the woman is going through a lot a lot know? and you know postpartum depression is also very real like yeah. i've i know a lot of people which is they feel like themselves after having kids and it's 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 scary and then i've been to think you know add to the your list of like i don't want to say problems but like add to the list of things you have to worry about is your job it's just having empathy being just empathetic all around i feel like companies need to cultivate that cuz they i don't think they do not a lot of companies does and um another you know benefit that i think another way i think the gender wage gap couldn't be closed is also by fixing the pay disparities you know like if employers can just conduct a pay audit in order to determine whether women are, women are being com- compensated fairly that's taking huge steps to correct that disparity by offering pay increases to employees that that are making way less than their peers especially if you're doing the same job if you're working in the same office if you have the same responsibilities and stuff you know that would definitely increase that gender pay gap and you know i'm all for it yeah no i agree i think some of the resources that are available to help female college students um i think science preps it offers workshops on like salary negotiation career planning and job search strategies and i think they're very very helpful additionally we have professional organization on campus so we have society of women engineers and some of the external ones that you can use and these organizations do offer like mentorship programs networking opportunities and educational resources to help women build their skills and advance careers so some of the ones that i did look up like i'll have them posted in sort of our description but society of uh, women engineers it's like a professional organization focused on supporting women in engineering and related fields there's also national women's business council so it's essentially like a government funded organization focused on advocating for women owned businesses and promoting policies that are that support women entrepreneurs and that was also one of the things that um, i sort of came across was essentially us like we are like the buyers you know for us to support women businesses is very important like for example um I for my women like wish for my organization I'm working with bright ideas and that's a complete like they have essentially every organization will if it's completely women owned and run they will have like WBE which is like women business and Enter- enterprise and uh, bright ideas is like an official also are you vendor so i think supporting women businesses is also very very important because that's how their revenue is also generated and a uh, women in workplace it's also like a research based initiative by mckinsey and company um that provides data and insights on women's experiences but essentially we have a lot of resources out Everyone. there that could help women and i feel we should as 
female college students we should be taking advantage of this um we have women resource centers so we have one at bloomington that even iops students can access which is the women institute of technology or women in technology i'm sorry and uh, that is particularly for like stem majors or women in technology but um, there are other sort of alumni networks that are focused in different other majors as well where a lot of college and university stu- universities have alumni networks that are focused on supporting women graduates and they do offer networking opportunities and other resources to help uh, women succeed in their careers so i think by taking advantage of these resources like we can gain knowledge skills and support that we need to build a successful and fulfilling career so yeah that's that Yeah, that's great. I think thank you for mentioning that, Mira. I think we also need to also remember to support each other. Like we're yeah. all females. This is we run the world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But let's support hey, each Beyonce other. Hey, Beyoncé said it, you know. Right, I know, right? If Beyoncé says it, then I guess it's right. Yeah. So, let's support each other. Let's you know, it's our world and once again, happy national, no. Happy International Women's Day. Hope you feel loved on this day. Yes, and thank you so much for listening to our episode for Hashtag. We appreciate your continuous support, and we hope you tune in for our future episodes. Thank you, and have a great night or evening whenever you hear this. Bye.